Hey everyone, this episode is going to be a little bit different here. This is actually a live stream that I did with Daniel Livingstone. Daniel is a Chicago-based photographer. Here he interviews me and asks me questions about both my photography business and my education company, Creative Biz Launch. Stay tuned for this episode. Some examples do require a visual aid, so you can follow along on pietaproductions.com or creativebizlaunch.com to help you with that. Excited to share with you this episode. Welcome to the Creative Biz Launch Podcast, where we talk about how to grow your creative business and scale to six figures. Whether you're a photographer, filmmaker, or designer, you'll find something of value here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to the live stream. My name is Daniel Livingstone, and today we are here with Chris Pieta, who is joining us to talk to us a little bit about creative business, entrepreneurial things, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of chat GPT later, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Welcome, 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 Chris. How are you doing today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk creative business, chat GPT. Awesome. So a little introduction for Chris. Chris has been doing product photography for about four years. He is now teaching about the business side of photography and other creative professions, and his goal is to give creatives the resources and tools that they need to reach their goals and live their ideal lifestyles. Does that all sound about right? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. So, um, just to start off and give us a little bit of context, uh, I wanted to jump right into your website and show us some of the work that you do creatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. So uh, we're here on your Pieta Productions page. I can let you scroll through and just run us through what your website is all about. All right, we're sharing my screen here. Mm -hmm. All right, sweet. Uh, so this is my production company's website, Pieta Productions. Started this company uh, almost four years ago now. And right away you see the headline, we help food and beverage CPG brands increase sales with product photos and gifts. So that's kind of what we do. We do product photography for uh, food and beverage brands. So you can see where there's a lot to unpack in just this one statement here. Um, well, and we clearly have a niche inside of product photography, but also deeper into the food and beverage space. Um, next, this statement also shows exactly what result we deliver to clients. We don't just say we take pretty photos for clients or that we take amazing photography. We actually tell the whoever goes to the website what what result they can expect when they work with us. And this allows us to um, pretty much work with more clients because we clearly portray our uh, return on investment right from the start here. So clients know exactly what they're getting when they work with us. Um, so Chris, what led you to deciding to pick the niche of product photography and then even further, a niche within a niche of specifically food and beverage? Yeah, so um, when I first started photography back in 2017, um, I actually started doing like cityscapes and landscapes because that was what was around me. I would go out to Chicago um, with my camera, didn't really know what I was doing, but I would try and experiment, um, go out to sunrise meetups, just walk around the city and try and capture everything that was around me. And through that, I got really good at photography. I started getting people saying, hey, you're good at this stuff. I like your work on Instagram. So I want to try and monetize that kind of photography, the landscapes and the cityscapes. So like most photographers, I started selling prints on my website and quickly learned that wasn't gonna really cut it unless I want to become like the top 0.01% like landscape photographer. Yeah, I know fine art has a really rough uh like market of competition yeah yeah it was uh yeah a lot of competition there and i had i honestly wasn't good enough to be like in galleries or anything like that so 
start exploring other areas. Um, at first, I did a bunch of like portraits, headshots, worked with some models doing lifestyle photography, um, but didn't really know how to scale that. And also, um, COVID was happening, so no one was really pursuing that kind of stuff. So that kind of led me down a rabbit hole of figuring out how other photographers made money. Um, and at the time, this was in 2019, um, I didn't really, no one was really sharing the tips and tricks um, on how to actually make money with photography, which is kind of what um, I'm doing now. Um, but that's another story. Um, so I started researching what other people are doing, and then I stumbled across product photography, which seemed like it made a lot of sense because my photos would help other brands make money, right? So if I can help someone else make money, then in theory, they should pay me for that kind of stuff. So that was the idea, um, but I didn't have any clients to my name. So I had to one, learn product photography, learn all about lighting, setups, all this kind of stuff. Um, and from there, I started pitching myself to brands. At first it was like local coffee shops in the Chicago area, restaurants, and um, over time graduated to bigger and bigger brands. But getting my first client was actually, I just walked into a coffee shop, um, saw what they were doing, offered my services, and ended up getting them as a client. And this first client, I think I was charging something like $10 a photo, which is super, super cheap for product photography. But That's a good was, deal. Yeah, I was stoked to have them as a client because it meant someone was willing to pay me money for my, my skill set, which felt incredible. So from then, it just kind of blew up into what it is today, um, just doing more and more outreach. Um, it really was a numbers game a lot of the time. Um, so that's kind of how I got into product photography. The food and beverage space, it kind of came naturally to me um, because I was, my background is in chemistry and I worked for like a food and beverage company doing regulatory work. So I kind of knew some stuff about the industry. Um, so I just kind of picked that as a niche, just kind of randomly, no, no uh, real thought behind that. But it, it worked for me so far. Um, is it the best niche? I don't know. Um, was it the best one for me at the time? Yeah, it was. That's great. Um, so walk us down your website. Let's see what kind of uh, things that you show or what your first impression to a creative client would be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, with photography websites, I'm of the belief that you shouldn't really hide your portfolio away. It should be like front and center for websites, um, especially true for beginner or intermediate photographers. My website's a little different nowadays because I'm mostly doing, um, I'm teaching other creatives how to get clients. I'm not actively looking for new clients, so my website's a little bit different. Um, but at the very start here, you have this little 90 second video that I recorded. Uh, I'm not going to play it here. If you want to watch it, feel free to go to my website. But it's really just a quick like sales pitch about who I am, what uh, my company does, how we've helped other clients, and kind of like the offerings that we have. And through this video, I show a few examples and really give people a rundown of what I do, um, which is a nice touch because most um, photographers don't do this kind of thing so it helps me stand out and then the first thing that you see here is an example of some work that we've done so some product photos here again the portfolio right there they don't really have to scroll to see it plus a quick little stop motion to give them an idea of what stop motion gifs are I really like the stop motion shot I like when I pull up the site for the first time that little moving strawberry like array really caught my eye and I could not stop staring at it so like yeah, motion yeah. moving elements on a website are so helpful for just catching and holding attention if you don't do gifs you should start doing gifs if you do videos for a web friendly format consider converting some video clips into gifs as well just have some mm -hmm. sort of element on your screen that catches attention mm -hmm. yeah exactly gifs are a great way to stand out 
Um, and from here, you can go ahead, click into the portfolio to really see more of the, the product photography that we do. Um, but not gonna get into this right now. The landing page, again, is really important to um, to potential clients because you can spend a lot of time perfecting a landing page um, and it, it is important to have a really great one, but at the same time, um, you want the landing page to just be a good good way to showcase your portfolio, which mine isn't right now because um, what I mentioned earlier. But if we scroll down here, um, you'll, you'll see some new things that most photographers don't have. So right away, I call out how my company is different from other companies. And we have three things here. We offer a custom mood board with people. We do like project tracking. So clients know exactly where they are in the shoot process. And then um, they get a gallery for final approval. So they get to choose if it's a 10 photo project, they get 20 photos to choose from. So right away, we convey some value of why we're different, which is huge. Um, next, my company also offers a 100% money back guarantee, which I think is something very important that you should be offering, especially if you're just starting out because it'll set you apart from the masses. And you might be thinking that, oh, if I do a project and the client wants their money back right away, that's gonna suck for me. When you're starting out, um, even if they do ask for their money, which they probably won't, you're gonna get one, you're gonna get some more work for your portfolio and you're gonna be able to say that you worked with this client. Um, two, uh, money back guarantee kind of forces you to provide like the best work possible. So the goal with client work is to help your clients with whatever they're paying you for. So if there's a money back guarantee on the line, then you're gonna work your ass off for this client and you're gonna one, have a better result for the client, which means they're gonna talk about you more to their friends, which in turn is gonna get you more clients. Um, other than that, when there's when you're a beginner photographer, there's risk involved with working with you, and this just eliminates the risk of working with you, so you're gonna get more clients early on. So Chris, I, I've seen this money-back guarantee proposal on not only your website, but in your um, educational content promoting this, this process. Have you ever worked with a client that actually took you up on this and requested all their money back? Yeah, we had one one client actually come back and ask for that, um, for their money back and it kind of sucked because I felt like we did everything in our power to provide the best assets possible. And then we obviously asked them like, what could we have done differently? And they told us everything was good. It's just not what we expected. When I asked them what kind of photos they expected, they just told me I don't have any screenshots I can share. I just know in my head what I like and I can't really provide examples. So it's kind of a frustrating situation, but it happens um, and it's uh, just cost of doing business. Great. Yeah, and one last thing with this money back guarantee, um, even though we did get a client ask us for their money back, um, if we didn't offer the money back guarantee, we would work with less clients. So. This allows you to work with more and more clients, which in the long run is going to be more profitable for the for your company, even if the occasional client does ask for their money back. Have you had um, other clients uh, like refer to this money back guarantee, like saying like, oh, we noticed this and we like appreciate you offering this up? Uh, yeah, I've actually, I've had people say yeah those exact words that, um, that they haven't seen anyone else do this and help them make the choice to work with me. So it actually can be like kind of a make or break deal, the, the money back guarantee method. Yeah, for sure. Like if um, 
I'm, if a potential client is comparing my website to someone else's website and our portfolio looks identical and everything else is identical, this guarantee is going to be the breaking point between choosing that what photographer you're going to go with. Uh, and for reference to everyone joining us for the live stream, all of Chris's links are provided and attached to the stream. If you want to follow along on his website with that, that's linked in the sidebar. Uh, there are additional links that we'll get into later in the stream that you can also follow along with. So definitely check those out. Sweet. All right. So moving down here, um, this is something I add. Definitely, uh, it's just me comparing myself to other typical uh, people inside of my niche. So kind of showing ways we stand out versus other photographers. I mean, this is a classic thing a lot of websites do. Um, don't really feel like I need to get into this too much here. Uh, this next section I really like. Um, I think everyone should have something like this, uh, kind of walking through your process of how you work with clients. So here you can see the, the five stages of working with my company. So it starts off with a discovery call. Um, if you click through here, you can see why we do this. So on the discovery call, we try and figure out what the client's needs are, if we're the best fit for them, if they're um, the best fit for us, if it makes if it makes sense financially for both parties. And from here, we either say, hey, this seems like a good fit, and then we'll send you a proposal. Um, after the client signs on to work with us, there's a small onboarding period. So we send them a quick form to fill out with exactly what they need from the project. So whether that's um, they need photos, videos, if they need specific aspect ratios for like a hero image versus social media content. We'll figure that out during this onboarding form. And then we'll have a prep call with them. So it'll be a quick 30 minute Zoom call where we walk through their onboarding form answers. We'll create a mood board to showcase what we're envisioning for the shoot. And then just answer any questions that the client has. Make sure that, hey, they committed to working with us. So we're gonna provide a lot of value early on before even doing any photography. We're showing them that we're already on their team. We're trying to do the best work possible and we're doing that through this onboarding um, and prep call. Um, and if we do the onboarding and prep call right, that also means that we're most likely not going to have to do a money back, give them the money back because if we did everything right, we're on the same page and our guarantee, um, they're not going to take us up on that, right? Um, so next, the way my company does it, we do photo proofs. So let's say a client wants tw uh, 20 final photos from us, right? It's like a big marketing launch and they want 20 final photos. What we'll do, we'll shoot a lot more than 20. We'll do 30, maybe 40 and send those photos to them to choose from so they can pick their favorites from the set. Um, they're in control here. They get to choose whatever they want. If they want our input on these, sure, we'll help them out with uh, picking the best photos from the shoot. But again, this is helping the customer experience, making sure that they're happy with the results. Um, and just something that we've been doing since uh, I started the company. And last step of the process is they get the final deliverable. So we edit the photos, send them over, and everyone's happy. Awesome. Well, that was a phenomenal run through. Um, I've actually considered doing this whole, um, because this is this is uh, client education essentially, and it's it's making mm -hmm. your audience more aware of what you do and how you do it to make sure that you're the right fit for them. I've considered doing like a intro video essentially, just explaining a little bit how I work, uh, incorporating a lot of BTS stuff in there. I've still yet to make mm -hmm. it, but it's definitely in the back of my mind once I <laughs> kill all the other tasks on my to-do list. Yeah, we all have those uh, long, long to-do lists. And it seems like in the chat we have a Creative Biz Launch student in here, uh, Gianluca Bongo. Uh, we are doing very well, and thank you for joining the chat, and thank you for saying hello. Hey, how's it going? 
He said, Chris's fulfillment works well. Work with a client who has more confidence with the shoot after using this process. So there you go. There's a good testimonial for you right here in the chat. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah, the, the stuff works. Like I'm living proof, my students are living proof. So try and teach as many people as I can about this stuff because this is how you provide like a great customer experience. And that's a great transition into our next concept, which is Creative Biz Launch. So tell us a little bit about what Creative Biz Launch is, what it's doing, what's going on right now. Uh, sure, am I still uh, sharing my screen here? Yeah. All right, so let me start by talking about why I started this company, uh, Creative Biz Launch. Um, in early 2021, I started a YouTube channel to, um, here, I'll just pull that up here, um, to teach other creatives pretty much how to start their own businesses. Um, at the start, it was me just teaching photography principles, so like exposure triangles, stuff like that. But over time, it started to, I started teaching small concepts from the PR production side, like, hey, this is how you run a discovery call. This is how you send a proposal. So I started doing videos like that, and those started to really resonate with people, um, just on YouTube, on Instagram. So I started getting comments like, hey, I was able to land a client because of what you said in your video, or like, hey, I was able to charge a client $1,000 more than I would normally have. And then I got a comment one day that was like, hey, I was able to quit my job because of what you've taught on YouTube. So hearing things like that really gave me a lot of fulfillment and made me realize I can help a lot of people by teaching this stuff because no one really taught like the creative business stuff on YouTube or really on Instagram when I was starting out with this stuff. So I just wanted to become the resource I never had. I never had. Um, so I did the YouTube I've been doing for over two years now um, all free content and then at the end of last year I came out with my program called creative biz launch which um, was a it's a paid program that walks people through step-by-step -step how to start their creative business it's like essentially everything in my brain that I've learned over the past four years put into a, a program um, and that's been kind of my mission the past like four months just building this out to become the best program on the internet um, so I don't want to make this like a sales pitch for this program. Um, if you go to creativebizlaunch.com, I do have like a free workshop that essentially walks you through the steps that you should take to get your first paying client. Um, so we've had over uh, 1,600 students enrolled in this uh, free workshop, which is a really great resource. It's about half an hour long, um, and it'll give you the training you need to get those first clients. So we talk about finding your niche, um, how to do cold outreach, how to actually land clients, Great resource to just get started out. We also have some other free content on creativebizlaunch.com as well, um, but the free content is, only, is pretty limited. So I had to create this paid program to really work with people in a, um, in a program setting as well as coaching calls to kind of provide them with the best strategies I have in um, a complete system to really start their own businesses. Awesome. If anyone's interested in checking out this um, promotion on this website, that is also linked in the side of the stream in the assets tab. Go check this out if you want to check out that free workshop. If you are still unsure about this, I would highly suggest checking out Chris's YouTube channel and Instagram page. His YouTube is also linked in the assets for as much free content as you want to get an idea of what he teaches and how he teaches. But I can also attest that this program is legitimate. I myself am not a student, but I do have some peers in the Chicago community that are enrolled in this and they've only said good things so far. Awesome. Happy to hear that. Yeah, and like Dan mentioned, we have 
lots of free content, whether it's uh, whatever social channel you're on, we've got free content. There's a free newsletter, free podcast, YouTube, Instagram, all that. Just look up my name and I'll be there. So Chris, I have to ask you, AI is the big thing right now. What do you know about AI and how does that apply to what we do as creatives? Yeah, so everyone's talking about AI, especially with uh, ChatGPT kind of like taking over. Like we've heard it's been like the fastest growing app of all time. Um, there's like that stat where it took Instagram like two years to get 100 million users, I think. And it took ChatGPT, I think it was three months, something like that, which is like a crazy <sighs> fast growing growing uh, platform. And there's good reason for that. Um, a lot of people are scared of AI, a lot of people are unsure how to use it, um, whether it's ethical or not, there's a lot of questions that come up. What we know for sure is that's not going away, it's already here and we might as well embrace it. So um, I actually came out with like a free ChatGPT like cheat sheet a couple months ago and it's already like gotten over a thousand downloads, It's so it's clearly people want to learn about this thing. Um, I'm Why would someone to, need a cheat sheet for Jet, Chat GPT? Can you get a little more into like what it is and and how someone would use it? Yeah, let's pull up here. Um, my, is my screen still up? Yep. Sweet. So, um, Chat GPT, it's this. It's like a chatbot that you can ask questions to anything you want. Um, it's pretty limited by the questions that you ask it, though. So, you can ask it like, "How do I take a pretty product photo?" Um, which is what most people would start with, or you can get more specific and ask like, hey, I have a client that's trying to promote their product at this trade show. Um, it's cranberry sauce or whatever. How do I take a creative photo that will get people talking about this? So the more specific you are with the prompt, the better um, answer you get from ChatGPT will be. Uh, the cheat sheet also walks through like common examples of photographers, like what we would use it for. So. Um, let's talk, I actually used it today for a client situation. I had a client that, or a lead actually, someone that wanted to work with me um, a while ago, come back and ask if I was still offering the same services I was back then. Um, and they told me that they were looking for cheap photos, which is usually a red flag, right? You don't want to work with clients that start the conversation with, with uh, cheap photos. So I pretty much asked ChatGPT, I gave it the context of the situation, I was like, hey, um, let's walk through this right now. So let's say um, one of my clients emailed me asking how cheap I can do a photo project for. Um, this seems like a red flag. I normally charge 100 bucks a photo. How can I convey my value to this client? So common situation that a lot of us experience. Um, so here ChatGPT just prompts us like how we can respond to this situation. So it tells us it's understandable to feel concerned when a potential client asks for a cheaper rate. However, before jumping to conclusions, it's important to clarify what they're looking for and why they're requesting a lower price. So it tells us in your response to the client, you can start by thanking them for their interest um, and letting them know you typically charge a hundred bucks a photo. You can then ask them for more specifics about their project and what their budget is. This can help you better understand their expectations and determine whether there's any room for negotiation. Um, if after discussing their needs and budget, you feel that your original rate is fair and reasonable, you can explain to the client the value of your photography. Your value includes things like expertise, experience, equipment, and time you, and effort you put into your photos. 
You can also highlight any unique qualities or styles um, that set you apart. So here it tells us like how we can actually pitch ourselves to this client. Um, but the good thing about ChatGPT is you can go further than that. You can actually tell them, okay, great, write me an email response. So now it'll write you the actual email that you can send your client in this situation. Um, so this is an exact script that you can actually copy and paste, which I wouldn't recommend. But it gives <laughs> you something to go off of here. So you can read through this, see how you can make it better, um, simplify it, and make it specific to your own uh, situation. So it's really like someone that you can like bounce ideas off of and really help you with this client situation that you're experiencing. So this is just one use case of like the thousands that ChatGPT can help out uh, photographers, designers, really any creative. This is incredible. Um, so I have a couple questions before we dive even further into this. One, is this program free to use? Uh, yes, so it's, it's free to use, um, but there is a paid version uh, that's $20 a month, which is honestly a no-brainer because of how powerful this program is. The paid version just gives you the latest version of ChatGPT, which is slightly better and smarter. Okay. Uh, do you need to have an account on this site to use it, or can you just use it on any browser from any device? Uh, you do need an account, but it works on any browser and any device. I think I just have my Google account hooked up to it, and yeah, free to use. It's uh, easy to get started and just start asking it questions. Another thing that was interesting that I noticed in your example was uh, I think with most people who are unfamiliar with AI tools and how developed they actually are, people are so conditioned to talk to machines like machines and kind of type in a minimal keyword search basis, uh, like how you Google things by using the least amount of imp like important highlight keywords. But with ChatGPT, you're kind of talking to it like it's a person almost, like you're having a conversation with it. You're expressing feelings, you're expressing thoughts, you're using correct grammar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bring up a great point there. That's, I think, part of the reason why this software is so powerful because it's almost like talking to another human. You, you can just ask it like questions as you would ask someone else in the exact same uh, language and grammar and everything, and uh, people feel more comfortable asking questions and conveying ideas in that way. So um, let's say I got this email prompt uh, after discussing with chat GPT my current situation that I wanted to solve. Um, you mentioned that you would not suggest just copying and pasting this out. So you would th read through this and how would you go about kind of combining the way that this program talks versus how you personally interact with your clients? Yeah, so that's a big thing, right? Uh, this program, like from my years of like knowing how to deal with clients and like dealing with all these situations, I know like what's what should be said for the most part. Um, this is just like a tool to help me kind of think of more ideas. So let's let me read through this real quick and see what I would change here. Um, one, like this email is I think too long here, um, and clients prefer to read shorter emails here. Um, but thanks for reaching out about your photo project. Glad you're interested. Um, this first paragraph here seems fine. Nothing really to help uh, that would change with this one. Um, the second one's asking to better understand their project, so more details on what the purpose is. Um, here, asking for the budget, I don't think I would recommend. Um, when clients tend to not want to talk budgets, I would just say what you charge and leave it at that. And then if they, they're gonna come back with the number they have in mind. So I don't think there's a reason to really ask for a budget. Um, you can also cut out one of these sentences if you don't really need this kind of stuff. 
Um, lastly, talking about your value here. So I actually think ChatGPT got this value wrong here. Your value proposition isn't your experience or your expertise or your equipment. Clients don't care that you have a $5,000 camera. They just want the final result here. Um, you're talking about what goes into the final result, which clients don't really care about. They don't care if they're working with a photographer that has two years experience or 10 years experience if the result and result is going to be the same here. So that's not really adding to why you're charging $100 more. Like sure, in your head it might be, but in the client's mind, they just care about the final image. Um, so I would actually, instead of talking about the value being your experience and your expertise, I would talk in the client's needs. So like, hey, this these photos can help uh, sell more of your cold brew coffee or whatever, or this can provide a better launch for your upcoming um, product or it could help with your Black Friday sale. So talking in terms of how these photos will help them make more money, help them grow their brand will be a better way to convey your value rather than focusing about yourself. You want to talk about um, the client, not like how good you are, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much what I would change with this, um, with this email. Again, it's really important to know like the fundamentals of this kind of stuff, which is why I share all my content online. Um, but once you do understand how to uh, work with clients, ChatGPT becomes a very uh, powerful resource. So uh, I saw you pull up your cheat sheet a little bit. Are there any specific tips that you could give us from your cheat sheet that would um, be great for like a beginner who's never used the program before, just ways to start using it or uh, ideas on mm -hmm. how this could be used that would be beneficial? I feel like whenever someone starts something yeah. that has literally a world of opportunities, the hardest part is deciding where to start. Here, I'll send the, um, first off the cheat sheet's free, um, so I could send a link for people to download that. Perfect. Um, Can they also find this on Creative Biz Launch's website? I don't think I have it linked on the main website. Um, it's something I just usually plug in like videos and stuff. Um, but I sent it in uh, our Zoom chat so you can paste it into the live stream. Um, but ChatGPT is as powerful as like what you ask it. So I think this right here is really important. So we're talking about how we're prompting the software. So we need, instead of asking it, how do I take better photos, you need to be more specific. So here I have this formula that I created. Um, you ask, you have like a main piece of the prompt, then you have a niche component, then you have context, and then you add more details. So an example here, um, so write me a cold email for a chocolate company. I'm a photographer selling product photo packages and make it funny. So here we have the main prompt, which is write me a cold email. We have the niche, so chocolate company. Um, you give it context, so you're a photographer um, selling product photo packages, and then we add more details, so make it funny. And this is compared to a bad prompt, which would just be write me a cold email. So the more specific we can be, the better uh, results we're going to get out of the software here. That's fascinating. Uh, it's almost the exact same conversation we just had about like not using keyword searches like we're used to. We kind of have to approach this in a very different way than we're used to with our search engines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a little bit of a learning curve there for sure, like different way to, to think about this stuff. Um, but it is fascinating. And the best way to learn about it is to honestly play around with it. But there are, I can think of like dozens of use cases, almost every creative can start using it for like today. What are your top three uses of ChatGPT aside from just writing emails or helping with emails? Yeah, so if we're talking in terms of 
of being like a product photographer or something like that. Sure. Um, a great thing could be like asking it for ideas for an upcoming photo shoot. So you can ask it for ways to like style a coffee scene or style um, whatever product you're photographing. So you can give a context of, hey, I'm working with this brand. I do action product photography. I want. Can we run that uh, in the program right now? Yeah. Let's do it. So, oh, my other question ahead. is, is ChatGPT based on a person's account where it tailors results based on how much you use it or your previous um, interactions you've had with it? Or is it pretty one-to-one -one where if I gave it the same prompt that you gave it, we would get the exact same result? Um, so to answer the first part of your question, it's not based, it doesn't learn um, about you or like it's not based on your account. Um, so every time you ask a question in a new chat window, it's going to give you a different response. Um, but throughout the chat conversation, so if we just keep talking through it in one chat window, it's going to slowly learn um, about what you're trying to ask it. So it's going to get better and better in the same chat. Um, it won't give you the same answers to, it won't give everyone the same answer every time because it's coming up with these answers on the spot as you ask it. It's like thinking about, hey, what, what are they asking me? It's trying to think of an idea for this thing. Um, so it's gonna be different every single time, um, but it's not catered to uh, one person or another. It's the same, um, same software that everyone gets. So you get a fresh start every time regardless of who is using it, but it does adapt within its own self-contained conversation. That's right, yeah. Um, so let's talk about this prompt here. So I'm a product photographer. I'm doing a shoot for a cold brew coffee brand. I need, I need some action photos. And then let's say I like the rustic look. Give me five ideas. Um, so here's going to spit out five ideas for um, potential product photography shoot that you can do with a client. So um, right here it's showing, it's telling you Pouring, so take a shot of someone pouring the cold brew coffee into a glass pitcher for a rustic look. Use a wooden or metal container as a backdrop and pour the coffee into a mason jar or a glass with a vintage style label. Um, so that's right away we get some ideas for, for the shoot. Um, people could like read these themselves, but yeah, we get five great ideas here kind of showing uh, the product in hand and you're, you have something to start the... Uh, like the brainstorming process with, right? You don't have to run with these ideas yourself. You can pivot with these and make them your own, um, mess around with them as you want, but this gives you something to start thinking about for, uh, for the shoot. This is great. I mean, I'm reading through these really quickly and I see things like styling suggestions, which you didn't necessarily ask for specifically. You did kind of give it the outline of a rustic look, which is an aesthetic, but it's getting into things outside of photography. It's getting into prop design. It's getting into art mm -hmm. direction. Um, all yeah, these yeah, things that a lot of photographers don't usually consider when setting up shoots because we're so focused on just the photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like uh, your own creative director or uh, art assistant on hand, pretty much, um, which is like so far these examples have been great but ChatGPT does get things wrong occasionally too so again that's why it's so important to like have a fundamental knowledge of what you're asking it to do I've had times where it's told me to um, this would look cool with like a harsh lighting setup and that tells me to make sure that I'm using like a big diffuser for it which obviously doesn't make sense if they're telling me to do harsh light mm -hmm. um, so you gotta be careful sometimes too with like what the software spits out 
Um, what's another uh, use case that you commonly find yourself coming to ChatGPT for? Um, for me specifically, so like since I have like a YouTube channel, I run all these social media accounts. Um, helping with ideas for uh, short form content is something that I like to use it for. So um, for like my YouTube scripts, like I write them out in like a separate uh, Word doc or whatever. Um, and I do that all myself because ChatGPT is kind of bad at that kind of thing. But if I'm trying to like repurpose an idea from that long script into like some short form content, ChatGPT is really helpful in that sense where I feed it kind of like my original idea for this thing. And I'm like, hey, I'm not sure how I can convey this same idea in like a 30 second um, Instagram reel. So it's actually gonna help me uh, provide me like the best points out of the video that I can then repurpose into some short form content. So that's a great use case for content creators. Um, if you want to repurpose content to like tweets or into um, other social media content, it can be great for that. If we we use ChatGPT for that Instagram reel, okay, great. Now we can help, now we can use ChatGPT to actually make a caption for that reel as well. So we can paste in like the script and ask it for a caption for this Instagram reel and it'll give us some ideas to, to caption that reel with and it saves us from um, really having to think of that ourselves but then we can run with those captions and make them our own and kind of draw inspiration from those. So um, the, the basis of the situation you're describing involves you kind of plugging in a script that you've already written. How long of a script uh, do you usually write for these kinds of problems and how much uh, entry can this system take on? Uh, yeah, great question there. So um, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier where you have to be like the the subject matter expert with what you're asking. So I, I'm feeding it this script that I that I wrote that I know is correct and then it's kind of taking what I wrote and putting its own spin on that. In terms of how much I feed it, um, that's limited with the software that you're using. So the paid version is called um, GPT-4 which allows you to have a lot longer um, prompts. So I could actually feed it like a few paragraphs and it's going to be able to spit out something for that versus if you're using the free version, um, I think it's limited to uh, a paragraph or two. So that's one of the limitations in the software, but the more context that you give it, the more, the better the answers that you get will be. Amazing. Are there any other uh AI or non-AI tools that you use in your business frequently that uh, our viewers could benefit from checking out? Oh, there are a lot of uh, tools that I use. Um, I think ChatGPT is the most accessible and most useful one that people can start using right away. Um, the other tools I, I use are kind of specific to uh, product photography and kind of running a business. In terms of one tool that I think most people should be using for people who are trying to get clients would be some sort of CRM or like a customer relationship management software. So that kind of software pretty much organizes all of your current clients, your leads, who you should be reaching out to, what stage of the process they're at. So if you remember when we were on my website, I have these like stages that people can be in. Mm -hmm. But before this, there's also a prospecting stage where I'm trying to find companies to reach out to. There's a, a cold email stage where I email these companies. So Having a CRM, um, a sort of like a customer relationship management software, is a great way to stay organized. And the more organized you are, the more likely it is you'll actually do the things that you need to do to reach out to clients. In terms of actual CRM, I like uh, Close. 
So if you just go to clothes.com, it's a great uh, one to try out. Um, I think it starts at 30 bucks a month, but it's definitely worth it. Um, really good tool to use if you're trying to actively get new uh, new clients. I actually have not heard of Close, and I personally still don't actually have a CRM, uh, admittedly, but I know on the market, I'm still shopping. Uh, 17 Hats is an option. Um, yeah, Studio Ninja is another option for photographers specifically. Um, mm -hmm. There's uh, there's so many CRMs out there, but uh, I think the main benefit of a CRM is to keep your work life organized within itself. So mm -hmm. an issue that I face not having a CRM is just manually keeping track of all my clients and where we are in those stages. That's a big one for me is like where we're at in the stages. Some clients I forget to invoice immediately after the job, but a CRM could do that for you automatically. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't know where we are in the negotiation stage and I have to uh, see if a client has responded to my initial proposal and sometimes they won't mm -hmm. reach out for a week or even longer and then I have to go chase them down for the, um, the update. So CRM would definitely help with something mm -hmm. like that, especially the ones that you can automate. Yeah, for sure. There's so many like little automations you can do. You can have like reminders that pop up, hey, if you haven't followed up with this client or lead in, in four days and they haven't responded to your email, it might be time to follow up. Um, and yeah, all the automations that you mentioned, like in my business, like as soon as someone signs a proposal, they get like a welcome email with the onboarding form and like directions for like the next step. Um, and it all just happens automatically. And that's, um, that's kind of stuff that we teach inside of Creative Biz Launch as well, like the automations and how to remove yourself from the business to free up more time to kind of do the work that you love to do. So uh, outside of ChatGPT, we covered ChatGPT, we covered CRMs. Uh, what are some other tools or, or even, let's just say, practices that creatives are not either aware of or just not doing enough of? So one piece of software um, that I think this isn't really specific to the creative industry. I think it's something that will help a lot of people out there. I think people just struggle with focus and focusing on what they have to be doing and the important work inside of their business. So you can get a tool like uh, freedom.to, I believe. And this is like, it just blocks websites. So you install it and then you can have it set up so it blocks YouTube, Instagram, news websites, Amazon, whatever. So it literally forces you to like work on what's important. I think focus is super underrated when it comes to your success in business, especially as creatives, as like solopreneurs. Our success is directly tied to how productive we are. And if we can really get rid of distractions, get rid of things that don't matter, um, we're going to do a lot for our business because yeah, CRM is great. and. Uh, ChatGPT is great, but if you're on your phone scrolling, you're not going to be using them, which means you're not going to get any results from it. So fixing like the foundational problems, like your own focus and your ability to stay on task, I think is something that a lot of people should address. And um, a software like this, it may seem like overkill to like actually block websites, but if that's what like what it takes, like it's a really great way to just stay on task and get more results inside of your own business. So I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. I love the concept of this website. It's kind of similar to the focus mode that you get on Apple devices where it kind of blocks notifications from other things to keep you kind of invested in what you're doing. For a creative professional, like a photographer, videographer, who 
has to market and really depends on platforms like Instagram and YouTube. How do you kind of not get lost in the feed while trying to like upload your stuff or while trying to maintain like respond like oh I have to respond to comments, I have to respond to DMs. I find myself always like oh I have to post a reel and then I end up watching like five reels before mm -hmm. I'm like oh no I'm posting, I'm not watching. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess if I do, I fall into that trap too a lot. Like I have to do something and then I'm just stuck scrolling. So for me, best practices, like I don't have my phone in my studio when I'm working. Like if it's in here, then I go on it. So that kind of distracts me. Um, there, I like to use websites uh, to actually schedule my content. So like I use Buffer and I don't actually post in the Instagram app. I just post through through this uh, through this app and it's on my desktop it doesn't have access to the feed I just can post on it I can look at comments and respond to comments through that so I actually don't have to go on Instagram to interact with people to message people to post and that's something that you could use if, if someone out here struggles with uh, just scrolling endlessly through the feed using an outside app like that would be a great way to combat that even I think Instagram offers uh, the Facebook Business Manager, I think it does the same thing and it's completely free. Um, it's a way to interact, to post your stuff on Instagram without having to um, be exposed to the never-ending uh, scroll cycle. Um, for a program like Buffer, is that a paid service? Is that a free service? Uh, so I think it's free for your first few accounts. I think you can connect like two free accounts. So like you can connect your Instagram and your Twitter and then I think the third one actually costs money. Um, yeah, I think it's once you get like two or more channels, you have to pay for it. But still, here it says six bucks a month for one channel, which if six bucks is what it takes to prevent you from going on Instagram, that seems like a no-brainer. And can you post like reels and video content from there as well? Yeah, you can post reels, you can post video content. You can't like edit reels on there, so if you put text on your reels, um, you would have to do it through the app or like um, attaching or, audios and stuff Yeah, that has to be done through the app But if that's like if it if scrolling is really a problem for you It might be worth it to not add audio nor to Make you more productive as a as a creative Well, Chris, it seems like we're approaching the end of the stream here, but I wanted to give you an opportunity Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I would want to emphasize the importance of ChatGPT and like what it's actually it's going to change like our industry pretty heavily and the way people work and I think it's really important to get on top of this technology really early on to understand it because it's going to one put a lot of people out of work uh, but two if you know how to use this technology you'll be able to be way more productive and do really cool things with it so I think investing time into just learning about this playing around with it seeing how it can help you it's a really powerful thing that you can be doing right now because it seems like we're on like the like brink of the AI revolution and other than like like there's been hype around like NFTs last year but that's kind of died down I think AI is going to be here to to stay and the more you can educate yourself about this technology the better off you're going to be in the coming years and this is something that our audience can start using right now right after the stream for free mm -hmm. phenomenal stuff so Chris I have an interesting request if you go on your website, in your um, creative website, into your photo mm -hmm. portfolio, can you pick um, 
an, a singular image, preferably horizontal, but I can work with other stuff, to be the thumbnail of this uh, stream because my closing ceremony is that I always mm -hmm. create the stream thumbnail at the end of the stream. Ooh, horizontal. Um, if you don't have any, I can work with it. I can punch in for 16 by 9. Um, or we could pick three images and then tile them out. Yeah, let's do a, a handful of these. Um, do you want me to download these and send them to you, or just... I can copy them off the site. Okay, I really like this first one, just this water action shot. I think it's, uh, like, these photos take so many takes to get right, because it's all timing-based, and the flash photography has to be perfect. And um, Yeah, so this first one right here, okay. the nano fit water one, I, I love this shot. Um, classic let's see and feel free to talk about you know some of these images as you go along give us a little insight into how these things are made I know there's a couple yeah. of photographers watching right now that are really curious about how you approach the creative aspect of photography mm -hmm. yeah for sure um, let's go with this one right here this loco one um, oh yeah, for this one I want to get like a macro shot of the coffee being poured into a, into a glass so the goal here was to create just a really refreshing image like uh, kind of like thirst-inducing image. So you see we have water droplets on the can uh, showing it's cold. We have action of the actual liquid itself here. We have it being poured on ice so you can see the final product as well. So this is a great photo for brands because it captures what the brand is. It shows what the product is and how you can enjoy it. It shows um, there's a human element to it. So there's a, there's a hand pouring it and then there's a bright colored background which kind of helps with uh, standing out in like a crowded marketplace. I got that one in there. I think we have room for one more in the thumbnail. Okay, let's see. Um, these are all action shots because those are some of my uh, my favorite ones to take here. Um, full disclaimer: these were all taken before uh, ChatGPT was around. These are these are this is pre ChatGPT portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Let's go with uh, this splash shot right here. Another coffee one. Why not? The um oh got it down here. This is one of uh I took this one pretty early on in like my product photography days. Um, but yeah, another like action shot here. Um, a lot of my photos were like action shots because I found that action photography was pretty technical, and I'm a pretty technical person rather than like super creative. I'd rather be technical. So this the action photography stuff kind of called me. So I. I was really into that stuff, which helped me niche down even further into like the food and beverage space because I'm now a product photographer, but not just a product photographer. I work with food and beverage brands, but not just that. I'm also an action product photographer. So I'm like niche down like three levels here, which kind of.